This is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News with Libby Collins. Oh, we have a busy, busy show this morning. We've got a great lineup for you. Some things we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks. Well, we've got an update for you. I'll tell you what that is in just a couple of minutes. But if you've been listening at all, you know, this past week, Wisconsin Afternoon News' Sandy Max has been sharing stories about blood donations as part of WTMJ Cares. Let's start out today by hearing about a teammate here at GKB. One of our teammates here at Good Karma Brands, her name is Danielle. We were uh, chatting over a cup of coffee this morning, and she unexpectedly shared with me how blood donations have been an important part of her family's life very recently. Here's Danielle's story. My mom uh, currently is fighting a number of different illnesses on several fronts, but more recently she's been diagnosed with an autoimmune blood disorder, which essentially her antibodies are attacking her red blood cells. Uh, She's been receiving world-class care at our uh, St. Luke's facility here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and um, she has received several blood transfusions as a result. She has, on more than one occasion, when the blood is ready to be administered, put her hand kind of hovering over um, the blood donation and has kind of stopped kind of the busyness, the beehive of a hospital room and kind of paused everything to say a prayer or to think fondly on the person who chose to donate their blood um, that she is the benefactor of. And so um, when everything kind of slows down like that, the doctors, the nurses, the caregivers, the social workers, and her, the patient, it kind of almost is this interesting reset that there's a person that's part of the solution that's not even in the room by virtue of them having donated the blood. Um, And so that um, hopefully will help her get back on the road to wellness. And blood donation is so incredibly important because without it, um, my mom would certainly be worse off. And we're very thankful and grateful for people who donate blood. And your mom is really active. So she's been in the hospital almost three weeks, but what's she raring to do as soon as she can get out and get back outside? My mom um, has a hobby farm um, in Hingham, Wisconsin. And so she's got chickens. She's got a one acre garden. Um, She needs to get her tomato plants in, which is something she's looking forward to doing and taking care of her dogs and cats. I kind of joke that my my folks have the Noah's Ark model where they have two of everything. Um, my dad is an 82-year-old caregiver now for my mother. My mother is 66 years old. So this was unexpected, um, but the pair of them, they do best when the chips are down and they're looking forward to more time on the farm and more time together with their children and grandchildren. Your blood absolutely makes a difference. So um, we would love to see you at the WTMJ Cares Blood Drive. Your contribution means more than you know, and even when you're not in the hospital room, you are a part of someone's solution. And you can still make a difference by signing up for the WTMJ Blood Drive at the zoo this week. Just text the word BLOOD to the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line at 855-616-1620. Old National Bank get old. Uh, we've got, As I said a few minutes ago, we've got a busy show ahead today. Mark Cass is going to be here shortly. Uh, he, he has more thoughts about that uh, proposal for 794 and how it can affect the city. He also has thoughts about the shooting after the Juneteenth celebration this past week. Matt Miller's going to be here. He's talking Summerfest in a new Jay Lawrence movie that's 
Do they call her J-Law? Not J-Lo. J-Law. Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, also, WTMJ's Brandon Side stops by to talk about former Packer Aaron Rodgers asking everybody for money. So somebody who's made, what, $300 million over the last uh, 10 years or so? Yeah, he wants you to send him a check. Uh, also, you know... Wyatt's back, and of course, we've been talking about bear sightings in southeastern Wisconsin the past couple of months, and we're going to hear what the chief wildlife expert from the DNR has to say about why the bears are here and uh, if they might be sticking around. And of course, we're all concerned about Internet safety and those calls we get, you know, from the so-called officials, hello, I'm here and I'm calling you about, no, no, no. Well, our consumer expert, Michelle Reinen, has some tips on how to keep your information safe from people who are pretending to be people they're not. Also, we're going to look back at the Week in Review. Wyatt, as I said, he's back from the Badlands. We got to hear about that. And uh, he's in the newsroom. We have Sam here this morning. She's pushing those buttons. And in just two minutes, it's sports on WTMJ. Uh, we have a little rain overnight. Thank heaven. Boy, are we glad we had that. So uh, maybe you won't have to water those flowers this morning. It's going to be a pretty nice day. Those temperatures throughout the area, uh, pretty much in the 60s. And low 70s. We have 70 degrees at 813 on WTMJ. And in just two minutes, it's sports right here on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Wasn't it nice to wake up this morning and see that the deck was wet? <laughs> the flowers were kind of perking up there a little bit. Might even seen a little bit of green on that grass because we did have a bit of rain overnight. Well, let's see. Uh, it's going to be a little bit on the partly cloudy side today, breezy, kind of nice. Uh, there is a chance of maybe another shower or two where you are, so keep an eye out. Hopefully that's going to happen. Our high today is going to be 78. Then tomorrow looks like we've got a chance of some scattered showers, cloudy and breezy, 72 for a high. Of course, you know why it's going to be raining tomorrow, Sam? Because we were going to paint the deck tomorrow. So, of course. That's how it always yeah. goes, Libby. Yeah, you're, you're, we don't paint it. I guess you finish it. But, yeah, probably not going to happen tomorrow. All right. Uh, high 72. Then t- Tuesday looks like we've got some clouds in the sky, 72 tomorrow. And then Wednesday, that's sunshine and 73. Next chance of showers happens on Thursday with a high of 76. As you're waking up around Wisconsin on this beautiful Sunday morning, in Mequon, we have 69. Racine's at 68. Walk has 70. And we have 70 degrees at WTMJ at 818 and that of course means it's time to check in with Mark Cass. He's the editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal. Well it started out on a really high note and then there were problems Mark. You had the opportunity to walk and see the city's Juneteenth parade and the celebration and what a happy time that was but then the shooting occurred. How does this impact the city and also the future of the Juneteenth celebration in Milwaukee. Well, let's hope it doesn't impact it long term. This was a tragedy. It was awful that it happened. But I can tell you, I was out there for a couple hours in the morning and just had such a wonderful time. It was the first time I had the opportunity to walk in the parade and just to see everybody from the community, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, who are just all there hanging out. We're really having a great time. I can't tell you how many people just came up to me just to like introduce themselves. And just, it was a really great experience. And really to see it end the way it did was sad. It's a symptom we're seeing throughout the country in large cities. We obviously have had our issues here. But I think every time something like this happens, it hurts the city. 
it hurts the people that live in Hartford or Conwalk who now you say that I'm not going to come downtown or I'm not going to come into the Central City. And that's a shame because there's a lot of great things happening throughout the city and we need to promote those. But, you know, when things like this happen, it's just bad, Libby. You know, I felt bad about it the whole time because I had such a great morning. It was so fun to be down there and just to see all the people, all the businesses, all the great food. I mean, you walk down the street and you smell such amazing food. I mean, it was just hard to keep walking. Well, I even got a call from a friend out of town asking me about it because it made national news. Was there enough police presence there for large crowds, in your opinion? There was where we were when we were walking the parade. There were officers everywhere, and I felt very safe, as I would anywhere in downtown. This is a case where we were talking about this. When you and I were growing up and there'd be a dispute, what would happen? You'd maybe argue, worst case, you'd throw a punch, and then you'd walk away. Mm. But that doesn't happen nowadays, and that's really tragic. And to see this kind of thing happen and really hurt the city and hurt this great event is really a shame. Oh, yeah. We're still all reeling over that. Yeah. Now, of course, Milwaukee Business Journal, you broke that story this week about possible options being considered by the Wisconsin Department of Transportation to either tear down or sort of alter Interstate 794 through downtown. What are they looking at doing? Really, the whole realm of options from just leaving it be to ripping it down altogether. But there's a lot of talk about this. You and I have talked about it over the past year or so. So much interest in kind of looking at that freeway, whether it should come down altogether, whether you just rip down the ramps so that you just had the land under there available, like what happened over on the Park East 20 years ago. What opportunities there? So right now the state is looking at the realm of opportunities. It could be up where you have 16 acres of land that could be redeveloped. You could end up with office, retail, green space. Think of all that land. But on the other hand, I've heard a lot of concern in terms of access in the downtown, what will be there. So it'll be very interesting to see how this plays out over the next couple of years, what happens there, and what that can be. Because remember, you have that site. That, I mean, the site I watch real closely is the site that's right across from the Art Museum in Summerfest Ground, right as you exit the freeway. There's an office site there that's been talked about for years as a large high-rise. Will that finally happen? Will that be the signature site here in the city? So much potential, but a long ways to go. Do you think if 794 is torn down altogether, will that cause more of a traffic impact around the city? Well, I think that's the issue. You know, that's the issue that the state's going to have to figure out. Can they make this happen? We all kind of thought that on the northern side, right? And now no one really thinks about that because you have McKinley. On the south side where this is, you have Clyburn. Now, all the talk so far about Clyburn is, is there a way to make that be more than just a one-way street? Right now, Mm -hmm. it just flows west. Is there a way to make that so that it'd be easier in and out? So I think that has to be worked out, but you're right. That's the number one concern. We can't have a project that just creates more problems. On the other hand, is there a way to make that work and then create all these new things, whether it's green space, office, retail, under their freeway, which right now is just wasting space. And, and another story that I know you've been keeping a very close eye on is this 2% city sales tax. Yeah. They're going to be looking at it in committee on Monday. Do you think it's going to be approved by the committee and then subsequently by the entire Common Council? Really on the fast track. I was surprised they're going to be there on Monday. They're going to vote in early July on this. I'd be surprised if it doesn't pass. I know there are some aldermen who are very unhappy about it but not about the sales tax or unhappy about the other things that were added on the bill, whether it was the streetcar money, other things in terms of the inclusion rules and other factors in terms of local control. I think what's going to happen is in the end, what they're voting on is on the sales tax, not on all these rules. So I think it will get approved. I think it'll get loud. I think there'll be a lot of people yelling and screaming about their opposition on it. But in the end, it's going to approve because if it doesn't, Libby, there are some really strong ramifications in terms of service cuts and other things that will happen in Milwaukee. It is interesting to watch, though, because I have been hearing more lately from store owners, restaurant owners who are a bit concerned about the increase in sales tax because it actually raises them above where other counties are in the area. Will that hurt them? But the city really has no other alternatives at this point. You know, Mark, we think of you as a bit of a 
Jet Setter and American. Jet Setter, wow. <laughs> I'm rarely called that. I'm called a lot of things. But I'm roughly called a jet sitter. <laughs> well, I know you were excited. American Airlines announced a new yeah. nonstop to where on the East Coast? Washington. One of my favorite cities. I love going out to Washington and spending time in the capital, seeing the memorials. I just love that. And the fact that they're adding this starting in October makes a lot of sense because of the RNC. We all think about the 2024 RNC as having the huge impact next July. But really, it's going to start having an impact next fall because you'll start to see groups traveling in from Washington to look at spaces to really prepare for the you see an opportunity here, and the more nonstop flights we can add from our city, I think it just helps everybody. I've heard over and over again from executives in town who just want more nonstops because it makes it easier to travel. And just I think you'll see more traveling going on. So this is the first impact we're seeing from the RNC. Hopefully some of the things will follow and we'll see more nonstop flights. Well, it's even going to be sooner than fall because we've got that Fox debate coming up very yes. shortly. So, yeah, you're going to see a lot of traffic all kinds, coming in all, for that. all kinds of fun stuff going to go on with that kind of stuff. It's great to see. Well, I know when we don't don't see you flying here, there, and where, everywhere out of the airport. And if we don't see you at one of the big galas around the city, the other place we see you, Mark, is on the hop. And they've got yeah. a new high-profile yep. sponsor. Come on now. I've, I've not seen you. <laughs> I've been holding you, huh? you a seat. Oh. Every time I get on there, I've been holding <laughs> you a seat. I, I, mean, I ask people not to sex me because I know Libby is coming. Yet, you know, it hasn't happened yet. Well, we just haven't crossed yeah, paths I mean, on it. Let's put it that way. Paths, I'm sure. <laughs> no, this is a big deal for the Hop because to get Harley Davidson as a rap sponsor for the upcoming anniversary is a big deal because, one, it's an investment in the Hop to a high-profile company, and three, hopefully we'll encourage others. Because as we talked about earlier in this conversation, you know, the new state law, which limits what the city can spend on the future of the hop, really is going to hurt them. So they have to find these new money, one way through more sponsorships, more advertising. One of the things I've been saying over and over again over the past couple of weeks is we have to stop arguing about the hop. We've been arguing about it for years. Those of us who support it, those against it, it's here. It's running. You're not going to shut it down because, boy, we'd be the laughing stock of the country if we did that. So let's figure out a way to expand it to make it better, really make this something that helps the city, which it now does on a very small scale, I'll admit, but it's here. So let's figure out how to make it really work for the city. Well, I know I'll be seeing you around town. Maybe on the hop? On the hop. I'm, again, maybe it's summer fast. <laughs> or maybe the rap. How about a Libby rap? I like that. We can, we can advertise get... your show. We can just be all about Libby. Oh, you and I could be the new salt and pepper. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Mark Cass, always great to have you here. Always great to talk to you, Libby. You have a great week. Do you rap, Sam? I really shouldn't. No. Have you, have you ever done it? Uh, no, like singing along. Yeah, like, like, how do you do it? Oh no, 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 Olivia. No, c- come on, just, just give me a little idea here. I, I genuinely, I sound like a dying animal when I even try to sing. Oh no, this, uh, this now we, now you've got to practice here. Yeah, Sam's here for a couple this weeks. morning. Yeah, okay, all right. I, I'll let you, tr- I'll let you work on that, and we'll see if we can get to that a little <laughs> bit later. On. It's eight. 8- 26. Uh, there is a chance where you are that you might get a little um, little bit of rain. I just heard from somebody in West Milwaukee. They said they're bone dry there. They didn't get any rain overnight. So that's scattered around. Uh, and uh, temperatures getting up around 78 degrees today. We're at 70 at 827 on WTMJ. Oh, we've got the news. Uh, in just a couple minutes, we've got uh, Wyatt Bonner Cooley here. Wyatt, you just said to me off here, you, somebody once told you you could rap. Well, no, somebody once told me they thought I would be a good rapper, but it was only because I talk really fast. Ah. I, I don't have the rhythm or the creativity on the spot to freestyle, and I think uh, it's not even really the music I, I really enjoy. I'm, I'm a little bit more of a 
more of a rock guy. Oh, really? Yeah, my pa- that's what my parents liked, and so I, I they you played a lot of classic guitar, rock. You do air guitar, or do you actually play guitar? No, I. <laughs> this is also a funny story. I don't know how to read music. I was never taught. I was taught music under a different method called the Orff method that was very percussion based. So I was a I was an elite xylophone player when I was a kid. I could play with three mallets. But you uh, play the xylophone? I've was, never met was, anybody who played the xylophone. It was part of the before. curriculum. It was what we all played. And uh we won yeah, when I was in eighth grade we did uh we did My Girl, the the song My Girl, but with the, to the xylophone? Well so the, the pit that's a violin, the solo we did on the xylophone. So okay, let me get this straight. So so the temptation's my girl, right? Yes. You played it on the violin and the xylophone. No, so in the song they play it on the violin, and we oh. replaced the violin oh. with the xylophone. Oh. We did have we had folks sing it, so like it was it was uh, yeah exactly. Yeah, okay. So we had the kids in class that could sing uh, sing it, and then I couldn't sing, so I played the xylophone. We got to roll a xylophone in here one day for uh, for Wyatt. Yeah, for we'll little, see for if a concert. I haven't played in many years. I wonder if I've still got it. Oh, I you know it's like riding a bike. I don't think the xylophone ever goes away. Of course, what do I know? I never played a xylophone. And welcome back to the second half hour of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. I'm Libby Collins. So much ahead. You know, we've been talking bears the last couple weeks here on the show, and I found an expert who can tell us all about the bears a lot of people have been seeing throughout southeastern Wisconsin. Uh, but here at 836, let's take a look back, because shots rang out this week after Milwaukee's Juneteenth festivities. There was shared revenue legislation signed into law, and the 55th big gig kicked off. So much more. It's the Week in Review, brought to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Wisconsin's state Republican committee says the future is full of opportunity as they met in La Crosse Saturday. Wisconsin is not one of 50 states. We're one of five. There's about five states in this country that are going to decide this presidential election. Bouncer hit to left field, the base hit. Contreras is in. The throw coming on, and Miller is in. Cudahy police sent out a statement saying that Officers had reported hearing gunshots, and they believed that they were being shot at. Two police officers were then pinned down, per their words, and then were rescued by the South Shore Joint Tactical Unit's armored vehicle. Happy Juneteenth, everybody! Today, Juneteenth, the holiday marking the end of slavery in the U.S. We're going to keep this Juneteenth safe. This ain't nothing like Chicago. This is my wobble. From the WTMJ Breaking News Centers, Milwaukee Juneteenth Parade celebrations are winding down. There is a large police presence in the area of MLK and Chambers. Officers reported to the scene with a report of shots fired. Four females, two males, ranging in age from 14 to 19 years of age. If you are an adult or a young person who's got your hands on a gun and you are ill-tempered, don't come to stuff like this. Don't come. Teens fighting, beefing, getting into stuff, that's not new. The difference is everybody is armed. This compromise is a big deal for our kids, our families, and our communities across our state. The deal now provides funding to local governments across the state and allows the city of Milwaukee to raise its sales tax if approved by two-thirds of the Common Council. This shared revenue package for us means absolutely everything. It is our city's opportunity to start over. What's happening in here? The mic broke. 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 The mic broke
way too hard on the equipment. It was fine when I walked out several minutes ago. The Greenfield Health Department announced it would be here to celebrate Pride. That changed last week. Greenfield Mayor Mike Nitsky told me by text message they canceled over politics. A sad ending to the search for a missing submersible with five people on board. The Coast Guard today said debris found near the Titanic shipwreck is from the Titan. In consultation with experts from within the Unified Command, the debris is consistent with the catastrophic loss of the pressure chamber. The last thing somebody should be thinking about when they get into a sub to pay to go deep, they shouldn't have to worry about the sub that they're in. It, this is just engineering and it's the 21st century. From the fellow windows and doors mobile studio at the Gruber Law Offices Sports Zone, it's the Jeff Wagner Show. Live from Summerfest. This is his last official Summerfest, the CEO, Don Smiley. Don, thanks for joining us. Hey, good afternoon, Jeff. It's 12.08. We've been open for eight minutes, and it's great to be with you. Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. All right, we are broadcasting live from Summerfest. It's a happy vibe so far in sunshine, and as they say, cooler by the lake. It's just one of those picture-perfect days with a nice breeze and a beautiful afternoon to kick it off. Excited to welcome in our friend Scott Seal, the director of entertainment for Milwaukee World festival inc there's a sense of relief too that it's just taken your whole team all of your energy everything then the relief of knowing that the first three days have perfect weather and yes. that there's nothing yeah. that's going to stand in your way now it's about the people and the music and the experience a wtmj exclusive longtime volunteer with stars and stripes on her flight joni nagay has been charged with embezzling at least eighty thousand dollars from the organization this was from a designated account that was listed as the account for We Run, They Fly. And repeatedly, according to prosecutors, that account ran down to zero. I'm so angry, I'm shaking. I feel that this woman needs to pay restitution. I don't care if they have to sell her house and all of her, her belongings. Community service should be done at the VA hospital, changing the bed and lifting the bedpans of the veterans so she can look at them in the face. The Sacramento Kings select Olivier Maxence Prosper from Montreal, Canada, the NBA Academy Latin America, and Marquette University. The Golden State Warriors select Brandon Pojemski from Santa Clara University. What a week, eh? What a week. The Mary Poppins of sex rooms. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. And the weekend review is brought to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited. It's 841. Well, if you've got a computer or phone and you're... You're kind of worried, how safe is your information? We're going to tell you how to protect it. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Overall, it's going to be a pretty nice day today. We've got pretty much sun. I mean, there are going to be a few clouds out there now here in the next hour or so. There is a slight chance that you might get a, a brief shower where you are. We had some overnight in some places, maybe about a quarter inch, maybe as much as a half inch. We'll keep an eye on that for you. Uh, but overall, our temperature is going to get up to 78 today. It's going to feel a little bit more humid than it's been. Tomorrow, we've got a chance of scattered showers. It's, it'll be cloudy and breezy with a high of 72 degrees. Tuesday looks partly cloudy with a high of 72 on wednesday sunshine and 73 and our next chance of rain is going to come on thursday we have a slight chance of showers under partly cloudy skies it'll be 76 currently in sheboygan it's 68 degrees while with toast is at 72 delafield is 72 we have 71 at wtmj at 844
We're here with Michelle Reinen from DATCAP, and it is Internet Safety Month, Michelle. Let's talk about some of the things people need to be aware of. Well, during this time, we want consumers to be sure that they are having conversations in their household, and that can include with their new young consumers, their children that are starting to develop their skills on the Internet, or maybe you need to talk to your older parents about your behaviors. But it's time to look at your safety practices and maybe shore them up. Add another new best practice or put one in place if it's not already there because you need to be aware of malware, malicious software. It's a form of a computer virus and it can be downloaded, installed onto devices in order to cause harm. And you can easily do that just by clicking a link on an attachment that is contained in a message and it would usually be from an unknown sender. Or it could be a result of a phishing scheme where it looks like it is from something legitimate or someone legitimate. It could be an imposter that's trying to look like your bank or PayPal or Amazon, and they maybe want to have you verify something. So they're trying to fish for your information or click this link and fill out this survey when really you could be loading malware onto your device. So that's really our next tip. Those security settings, making sure that your device and online accounts have nice, strong security settings, but you need to take a look at what yours are on your device. Go into those settings, look at the privacy, see what you've selected. Go into your online account. Don't just accept the defaults. Go in and look what those security settings are with your online account and maybe make them a little tighter than they are on the default or where you currently have them. And one other thing I think people need to be aware of is when you're on some of those social media sites and they say, so tell us what your name of your first pet was or what street did you live on when you were growing up? Not a good idea to get involved in those, is it? Oh, it is not. I love that you bring that up because when you're filling out those surveys, someone is just data mining. They're collecting information. And if you really take a look at the questions, they typically align with security questions. Where'd you go to high school? What year did you graduate? What was your favorite pet? Where were you born? And they're going to give you your wonderful royal prince name or princess name. (laughs) But at the end of the day, they are just data mining, collecting that information so they can break down your security measures. And if you've got questions, if maybe you're being taken advantage of, what's that number to call? 1-800-422-7128. It's 847. In just a minute, we have sports here on WTMJ. Well, we've got Matt Miller here. He is the critic and pop culture editor at OnMilwaukee.com at 851. So, Matt, how many hours have you spent at Summerfest this past week? (laughs) Well, if you would ask my knees, too many. Um, It's been really fun, though. I've been down there all three nights. I reviewed Griffin and Sophie Tucker, two EDM acts uh, at the Miller Light Oasis stage. I reviewed them for On Milwaukee, both. Really strong performances. I think if you were an EDM fan... Okay, stop right there. What is EDM? Electronic dance music. Ah, okay. (laughs) Well, so, all right, so if it's electronic dance music, nobody's singing or playing an instrument, right? Well, that's kind of the cliche of EDM, is that, you know, it's it's a dude who goes on stage and he pulls out his laptop and, you know, hits play and fist bumps and tells the crowd to get pumped up. That sounds like what Paris Hilton does. 
that's a little bit of a cliche, but it's, it seems really clear that they're trying to do more with EDM live shows. In the case of Griffin, you know, during the show, he would oftentimes bust out a guitar and actually play alongside his beats. He even bowled out a drum machine at some point and put together the beats of the song in front of the crowd. And in the case of Sophie Tucker, it was practically a actual pop show. I mean, they were playing the guitar and singing along, but they were backup dancers too. It was, a, it was really a full show, not just the, you know, lasers and lights and steam cannons. I, I do think they're trying to make EDM less of the cliche and more of a genuine music performance. Okay. So you, you really, I mean, how did the crowd react to all this? Oh, they had a great time. In both of those cases, obviously, those are younger shows, and they, they played really well. And then last night, I went to something completely different. I went to Noah Kahn, who is a very popular kind of folk singer-songwriter right now. And that show was massive, a really huge turnout for that show, uh, really, really massive turnout for a show that I think, you know, in the past with Summerfest shows, with we've had Imagine Dragons and Lizzo and Walk the Moon, and those are, you know, big rollicking, dance-happy shows. It's like, obviously, those are going to draw a big audience. This is more subdued. This was, you know, more kind of like folk singer-songwriter stuff, but the crowd ate it up, and it was a really tremendous performance, really great musicality, honesty, uh, a little on the short side, maybe, at coming in at just 70 minutes, but honestly, after three days of being down at Summerfest back-to-back-to-back, I think my feet and knees appreciate it. <laughs> the shorter <laughs> Well, at least the weather's been pretty good. The weather's been gorgeous down there. It's been 70s. It was a nice breeze last night, but not too chilly. It's it's really been a perfect opening weekend for Summerfest, and hopefully weeks two and three follow suit. Now, have you tried any of the food? I have. I've tried a little bit of the food, not much of the new stuff yet. I tend to have my bed. You know, I always got to go for that Saz's sampler platter. Is it even Summerfest if you don't have the Saz's sampler platter? <laughs> of course. Uh, but... But, uh, but yeah, there's been a lot of really interesting stuff. I know Lori Frederick at On Milwaukee wrote up all the new kind of dishes there, and I know Nashville North has a stand there now. It's, they've really done a good job of kind of amping up the food situation at Summerfest. Obviously, it's not the level of creativity as, say, the State Fair. Most places cannot reach the creativity <laughs> of the State Fair. Uh, but I, I do think they're doing a good job of bringing more – uh, more more different alcohols, more different drinks, more different foods and beverages, all sorts of new stuff to the grounds to make it, you know, more interesting, even if you're not seeing someone there. I, you intrigued me when you said more different alcohol. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've, they've, they've got a craft cocktail lounge now. They've got a craft beer lounge oh. uh, at the former Water Street Brewery space. I mean, I feel like just even over the last 10 years, there was a phase where the only thing remotely close to a craft beer you could find down there was Summer Shandy from Line and Kugel. Mm-hmm. And now they've got a lot more Line and Kugels. They've got some other kind of craft beers. They've got seltzers, and uh, they've got Simply Spiked Lemonade, which I will just say uh, is a big summer hit around these parts for me. Uh, I probably should stop reviewing the alcohol at Summerfest. People are going to start thinking I have a problem. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, it's part of what you do down there. You, you, you grab your favorite beverage, and then you, you, know, you, you listen to the bands. I mean, that's, that's all part of the experience. All right, so you didn't mention James Taylor and Cheryl Crow, did you? Happen to stop by that I stage? Not. I did not. They were they were not on my list. I will say we will have a review from uh, one of our contributors on on Milwaukee, but I I was not there for that one. I 
I think I would like to see James Taylor at some point. I don't know if a outdoor music festival is the place I would want to, just because he is a much more kind of subdued, laid back performer. Uh, and and that's not a, those are not derogatory things. That's just you know it, it, it's venue versus artist. And sometimes I did see Cheryl Crow at the Outlaw Music Festival, I believe five years ago, mm-hmm. or even just actually just two years ago, because she was wearing the the Milwaukee Bucks jersey. Exactly. Yeah, she was she was really great. I wonder if she'll still be a Bucks fan if we trade Chris Middleton. If we uh, if Chris Middleton goes elsewhere, well, that's <laughs> a that's a concern. Yeah. Well, you know, we got to wait and see on that one. All right. Now, uh, coming up, this you so you've got a couple days to recover, and I know you're going to be back out on the Summerfest grounds on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So, what are you planning to see this week? Yeah. So this week, I'm very excited. We've got Coyle Ray on. Thursday, who is kind of an up-and-coming top 40 pop star, rap star. She's got a song out called Players right now that has been very popular. And then Friday is one of the most interesting shows of Summerfest, which is Odessa, another EDM act at the Amp, which is not really kind of a venue I would expect a lot of EDM at. You kind of and again, that's hit. electronic dance electronic music, dance where nobody's music, really yeah. playing anything but a computer. But go ahead. Well, <laughs> no, they're, they're, like I said, there's actual music. Uh, there's, there's musicality involved in it. But what I'm really excited about is Odessa has come globally famous for these really impressive technical light shows, laser, like they really put on quite the show, so much so that, it, 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 like I said, it's become a nationwide thing. And I'm very excited to see this first person and to see if, you know, there's, if it lives up to the hype of this, you know, grandiose light show, this grandiose live performance uh, that has turned them into some of the biggest acts around. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any, any live musicians going to be there that, you, <laughs> that you're looking forward to next I, I week? I believe so. Like All I right. Said, I, yeah, I believe You're really so. into I mean, this I EDM will... thing, Matt. I'm, I'm. I'm surprised. There's some, of the more, there's some of the more interesting acts. I mean, I'm also doing Imagine Dragons and AJR. Oh, well, okay. I would also be doing, you know, Lord Huron as well. But, you know, they're, they're, it's a summer festival, and summer festivals are kind of about that kind of really energetic uh, energy performances. And, and I think that's, that's what I'm kind of drawn to this year, I guess. All right. Uh, real quick, uh, J-Law, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, has a new film out that's getting a little bit well, a little bit of controversy around it. Have you seen that one yet? I haven't gotten to see it yet because of this annoying, you know, biggest world's biggest festival I've had to be reviewing. <laughs> but uh, it, I've heard really interesting things, and it seems like it's doing fairly well at the box office. It's a hard R-rated comedy, which we don't really get many comedies in theaters right now, much less hard R-rated ones. I think there's a little bit of hope that this one can perform well and give hope to the idea that, you know, audiences want to laugh in theaters again. Uh, because there just hasn't been a lot of evidence of that in recent years. Even pre-pandemic, people weren't really seeing comedies on the big screen. There's a reason why Adam Sandler and uh, Melissa McCarthy kind of went to Netflix to make. No, a lot no, of no, no. There, there, there's a reason Adam Sandler and Melissa McCarthy went to Netflix is nobody went to the theater to see them because they're not funny. Well, people saw not funny movies before in droves, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, Matt, we, we've got to move on. We will be talking to you next week about the the summer. Fe- Maybe you'll get to see, you know, somebody like Imagine Dragons who actually plays an instrument. I look forward to that. But in the meantime, you can follow Matt and all of his reviews at OnMilwaukee.com. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, coming up after the news, Wyatt Barmore Pooley has just returned from the Badlands. Did he see any bears while he was out there? 
We're going to find out. And we're going to be talking about bears in southeastern Wisconsin. It's all ahead in the next half hour right here on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. This is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News with Liddy Collins. And welcome back to the second hour of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Wisconsin Morning News uh, sports anchor Brandon Snyder is going to uh, be with us a little bit later on this hour because Aaron Rodgers is asking for money. <laughs> Go figure, right? We'll, we'll delve into that a little bit more later on. Uh, but right now we've got Wyatt Farmer Pooley here. And Wyatt, I was surprised this morning. You said, Libby, I just came back. From the Badlands. And I mean, that that's kind of rough and tumble territory, isn't it? Yeah, I uh, I used to camp a decent amount as a kid. We would do school camping trips. I hadn't been in many years. Went last fall to Governor Dodge State Park. But this was, I feel like, the first big-time camping. We were we were out in the wilderness in South Dakota. I've, I've really never seen anything like it. I've been to the Grand Canyon, but this was up there in terms of the landscape. Uh, just the, the bluffs and buttes you can see. And also... Uh, were you completely alone? It, by we so we, we a lot of other people around the first night there were a ton of people because it was the weekend but as it went further into the week people's vacations ended and by the uh the last night there was only maybe a dozen people at the campground so we Ooh. were pretty pretty uh out there and you did the tent thing i mean yes. you, you, you were really camping you were oh, yes. clamping you were ta- camping no. sleeping bags camping. sleeping bags pads and uh very very scruffy and dirty all right so while you were out there what critters did you come upon? Well, so we saw nearly every critter you can see there. We saw bighorn sheep perched while we were climbing, like they mm-hmm. were standing on the on the uh, the thin mountain bits, which was very cool. We saw pronghorns, which are similar to What's deer. That? It's it's like deer with horns and really uh, like fuzzy white butts, and they're a little bit bigger than deer. Of uh, and they're pretty rare like you, you can pretty much only see them in they're, south are they dakota bigger than deer? they are bigger than deer okay. they're, they're they reminded me a little bit of antelope um okay and uh we also saw that the star of the show of course was the buffalo the herds, bison by her american bison wandering pretty much just free roam yeah uh saw him crossing the road several times one stood next to a sign uh i gotta find the photo there was a a buffalo standing next to a sign. I got a photo of it that was very funny. But the real thing was is that what, the what first did the sign day, say? I got to look it up. Oh. The first day, <laughs> okay. we, I got, I was the first one to wake up. Yeah. Got out of the tent, and maybe thirty feet away was a buffalo just grazing next to the car. And I was going to go to the car right to get my tent. clothes. Yeah, yeah, right by the tent. And it wasn't. Uh, you're warned, obviously, not to get, not to approach them, right. not to get close. You get spooked. You get gored. And I was, I did not want to get gored. And so, but it, it was just there. It sort of looked at me like, hello, and then went back to grazing. It was, it was super cool. Did calm. you ever get back to the car to get I your did. Things? Well, so it eventually, it, it ambled away across the road <laughs> and I judged it safe enough to go get the stuff, but it was incredible. In San Francisco, where I grew up, there was a paddock that had some bison in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but those, Bison were not as happy uh, because they did not have the ability to roam free. But I'm f- I've been around and familiar with how big bison are my whole life. But it, it took until a week ago seeing them in person to just in the wild of, in, in the wild habitat. in the natural habitat. And, like it, and it was a happy buffalo. Oh yeah, these buffalo were 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 they were they certainly got enough to eat. They've got all their friends. It it was good stuff. They're, they're just hanging out. Okay, but did you see any bears? 
The sign said no off-road driving, by the way, oh, and the okay. buffalo was standing right next to it as if to illustrate that point. Okay, but did you see any bears? I did not, Libby. It's not bear country, but southeastern Wisconsin maybe is bear country now. I think you might be right. It's 912. Dozens of people have seen them everywhere from the village of Vernon to New Berlin to Palmyra, Hartford, McGuanago, even in Kenosha County. They're the bears. And no, we're not talking about the ones that play football. We're talking about black bears. I don't think we've ever had this many sightings in southeastern Wisconsin. So there's only one person we can ask about this. Joining us is Brett Owsley. He is the Southern District Wildlife Supervisor for the DNR. And Brett, what the heck is going on? Are you getting more calls this year than you've ever gotten before? <laughs> about bears in this area? Yeah, we are certainly seeing an increase. And I would say over the last couple of years with the amount of observations, specifically with black bears in southeast Wisconsin, it seems to be has been the trend. We have a healthy bear population in northern and central Wisconsin. And what we have seen over the past few years is these transient bears, typically young male bears, looking to set up a territory somewhere and moving through southern Wisconsin. So we've certainly seen what I would consider an increase. I've been here for 11 years now, and certainly the last couple of years, it seemed to pick up with the amount of bear sightings occurring in southeast Wisconsin. Now, at first, during the first one or two sightings, people said, well, that's just the same bear. He went from here to there. But with as many as there have been in as wide an area, do you have any idea or is there any way for the DNR to determine if these are different bears? And if so, how many? So I wouldn't say we have an exact, so really the only way to really do that is if we have the ability to mark those bears to say, you know, whether that's an ear tag or something to say, that's bear number one. And then these other photos are bear number two sort of thing and moving on. What we try to do is look at locations of sightings as well as the timing and date of them to really kind of get an idea of, okay, this bear was seen in the Aaron area on the same night an hour later there was a bear sighting in McGuanago. And so trying to piece that together, what I would say is that we likely have two bears, a couple bears. It's kind of what I've looked at as far as sightings, you know, timing of sightings and distances that we had one in like the Johnson Creek, Lake Koshkanong, Fort Atkinson area a few weeks ago. All at the same time we were getting sightings in the McGuanago area. And so it appears to me just from sightings, the best I can tell, we likely have at least two bears, and that would probably be what I would say. And where do you think they're coming from? What part of the state? Because how far do they travel to get away, I guess, and look for their mates, which is apparently what they're doing? Yeah, so essentially kind of what happens is that you have these young juvenile male bears. Mom says, get out of here. <laughs> You're Go on your own, take care of yourself, and set up your own territory. Go off to college, right? Go and, go and explore. Get out of the basement. <laughs> right. And what happens is that those bears can go on and then they're looking for a site, looking for a mate, looking for an area for them to kind of set their roots down. And what we've generally seen in southeast Wisconsin specifically, so these bears are coming from northern Wisconsin, central forest, you know, central Wisconsin, just making their way south and just looking for an area to set roots. And what we generally find, we see the bear, you know, there's observations, people pull in their bird feeders, garbage cans. Really, what we have seen down here is that as long as those bears aren't able to get food, you know, from us, 
from dog food, trash cans, bird feeders, they have generally moved on. They'll either turn back north and go to something a little bit more habitable or, or keep looking and keep moving. We've had a bear 2019, I think, that we knew and were following kind of through southwest Wisconsin that made it almost to St. Louis, Missouri. And so these animals can, you know, that's a, an extraordinary movement, but it is something that is possible for them. But I would say they're coming from central northern Wisconsin, and as long as we can pull in our attractants, these artificial attractants for bears, they'll typically move out of the neighborhood and keep moving to find something a little bit more habitable. They certainly don't like being around humans either. Hmm, but what would keep the bears here in southeastern Wisconsin? a lot of people this morning that there were some strong winds, especially out towards Lake Country overnight, um, and that caused some of these power outages. We're trying to get somebody from We Energies here on the air so we can find out exactly who was affected and when they're going to get their power back. But today we're going to have some, uh, well, it'll be a little bit on the cloudy side. There is a slight chance of some showers in your area and a high of 78, feeling a bit humid, more humid than it has the last couple days. Then tomorrow we look like we have a chance of a scattered shower, cloudy and breezy and a high of 72. Tuesday, more clouds, 72 for a high. Then the sun comes back full blast on Wednesday with a high of 73. And on Thursday, that's your next chance of uh, showers. It'll be partly cloudy with a high of 76. Currently, those temperatures as you're waking up around Wisconsin and Port Washington at 67. Richfield has 72. Franklin's at 74. And we have 72 degrees at WTMJ at 924. And we are joined by... Kevin Conway from We Energies. And Kevin, uh, how many people are affected by these power outages? Well, uh, good morning, uh, Libby. And this is actually Brendan Conway. Oh, Brendan. I'm sorry, Brendan. a brother named Kevin. Oh, so say hi to Kevin for us, would you? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, once all is said and done, I mean, we, this was a really strange event. And one of the uh, local news meteorologists got on the air kind of this morning talked about it, that this rain moved through and behind it was this weird wind event that was fairly isolated, um, it, you know, saw wind of about 40, 40 plus miles per hour in some areas. So it caused a bunch of scattered outages. So we think probably once all is said and done, we'll have about 80,000 people who will have lost power. That said, we've restored power to a significant amount, tens of thousands of people so far. Um, and we have crews that have been out all night long and will we'll, we'll stay out. Um, but what, what our crews are finding are trees that have come into contact with our uh, power equipment and uh, tree branches as well. So that's really the, the big issues we've been dealing with this morning. Any idea how long before all your crews will get out there and get everybody back? Yeah, I mean, they're rolling in all the time. Our crews, when we're in these storm restoration situations, they work 16 hours on and then, you know, eight hours off. We've, we are bringing in extra crews from across the state already. Um, and so, you know, we have con- extra contract crews that have been, you know, engaged and are working. We're bringing in extra people on their day off today. So all available crews have been and will continue to work. Um, we do think that the vast majority of customers uh, at this point estimated will be restored today. Um, as I mentioned, I think we've restored about 30,000, 35,000 customers already. Um, and so now it's just a matter of, you know, getting to everybody, getting to the outages and getting the power back on. Any recommendations for people out there who have been affected? So the first thing is do not assume that we know your power is out. So if you haven't yet already, please do report the power outage. You can do it via our app or online, or you can give us a call. Um, and after that, you know, the best resource to keep an eye is our app. You know, download it if you don't already have it, or our online outage map. Once we get a crew on scene, 
they will uh, figure out what the problem is, they'll update the system, and then you'll be able to see what your estimated restoration time is, what the problem was. Listen, we understand being without power is incredibly frustrating. It's difficult in this day and age, um, and so people want to get those updates. But we also have to warn people, until we can get a crew on scene, we just cannot give an update. We can't update it you know, from the control center. When, when the damage is as widespread as this is, um, we really do need to get our eyes on it. And then sometimes that fix can take a while. You know, if it's, It might require specialized crews. It might require specialized forestry crews. So some of these restoration efforts can take longer than you might expect. But please do know our crews are working incredibly hard. And, Brendan, one last question. Uh, you know, And it doesn't happen very often, but occasionally there are people out there with health situations where they need electricity for whatever reason. If that's the case, is there some place where they can let you know how important it is that they get their power back? Well, oftentimes they'll do that in advance, so we will have lists of those customers. When we do encourage any customer who needs, you know, a medical device to always have a backup plan, because um, while we have incredible reliable energy, um, you know, that we provide, uh, sometimes Mother Nature has other plans. Um, but we would encourage people, obviously, if they if they do need to have somewhere to go to start to make those plans just in case, because we are, by the way, expecting another round of storms this afternoon. So while uh-huh. our crews are working, Mother Nature could cause some more outages. But certainly, you know, keep us in the loop. You can contact us. You can let us know um, what's going on. One other thing, if I could quickly say, if you come across a down power line, please stay back at least 25 feet away, assume it's energized, and uh, contact us and let us know about it. We certainly will. Brendan Conway from We Energies, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I know it's a busy day for you. Thank you. All right, take care. It is, it is 928. We have 72 degrees at WTMJ. glad that we were able to get a little more information out there about those power outages. And, of course, the confusing part of that, Wyatt, is they're so scattered. It's not like one big area. It's just these little pockets all over that seem to be affected. But We Energies is on it, so hopefully they're going to get power back soon. Yeah, the update right now still says 42,605 customers without power, but they've been working on it. For uh, most of the morning, as, as Brandon said, tens of thousands, including my own apartment, restored to power. Welcome back to the final half hour of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Yes, we'll get to the other beer thing, but before we do that, this is far more important at 936. I saw this story about Aaron Rodgers this week where he's crowdfunding, and I thought, what? Well, there's only one person I can ask what exactly this means, and that's WTFJ Morning Sports anchor Brandon Sign. Brandon, why would a millionaire like Aaron Rodgers need to crowdfund anything? Do you ever hear that saying, though, Libby, millionaires are cheap? Because <laughs> that's the way I feel like this is going with Aaron Rodgers, who, by the way, that most Packer fans will know this, he was here for a long time, and he saw what the stock sale did in Green Bay. Like, those people laugh at that, but that has some benefits to what it does. Aaron Rodgers, I believe, and don't quote me, he has made over, just plain, not endorsements, not off-the-field stuff, over $300 million playing football. Uh-huh. In his career, and you are seeking what is it, one point two five million dollars from the public? Yeah, why? I you could cough that, you could sneeze that up, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't. I, I he's due one hundred and seven million dollars next year from the New York Jets, and obviously he'll get that deal reworked. But my goodness, we're like 
inflation. I mean, costs of everything have gone up, and now you're asking the crowd, hey, I need some money. Um, it's a terrible look, but I suppose New York's wearing off on him already, Libby. I mean, that's what it sounds like. Well, yeah, they ask everybody for everything <laughs> and expect the rest of us to pay for it. But what exactly is it that he's asking for money? Because it's sort of one of those things that I looked at as being a bit iffy. Yeah, so it's a sports venture. And the other thing is, too, is like, He's involved with other people throughout this venture. So it's not like it's just Aaron Rodgers. And they cite in the article that he's looking to kind of create what the sales stock did in Green Bay. And he's trying to open up his own venture as far as a sports venture. But I don't know if... I mean, is it sports gambling? Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of like an all-in-one. I always thought that crowdfunding is for people, you know, like you got a terrible tragedy for a family. You have no money. You have no insurance. And so you crowdfund and people will help you. But I don't understand why somebody who has made the kind of money that Aaron Rodgers has would even conceive of asking people because there are a lot of dumb people out there who love him and don't probably have two cents to rub together that'll send all their money to him wouldn't you have a guilty conscience if you were Aaron Rodgers you would think you know you would think especially from his time in Green Bay now keep in mind he did a lot of great things in Green Bay he's done a lot of great things for the Mac fund specifically you know child cancer research he's done a lot of good things but I think that when you are in the position that he's in, both financially, celebrity-wise status, you know, who he's friends with. He goes on vacation with Hawaii with actors and actresses. He was at the Tonys for crying yeah, out loud. Yeah, he was at the Tonys. He was just at the launch, what car was it? One of the fancy cars, Bugatti or Lamborghini mm-hmm. or whatever. And basically asking the public, you know, and, and let's just be honest, like times are tough for a lot of people. Yeah. And a million dollars is a lot of money, sure. But when you're Aaron Rodgers, that's like me dropping a $5 bill. It's not, you know, you want it back, you know, like that sucked, but it's not going to kill him. And that's the other question. If he's crowdfunding, it's not like you're investing in a stock where you're going to get your money back, hopefully at an increased cost later on. You're just giving him money that you're never going to see again. Yeah, and it's because and, and, you and, like Aaron Rodgers. Right, and because it has Aaron Rodgers' name attached to it. And the sad thing about it is, Libby, he'll get it. And he'll get probably double, triple, quadruple what he's asking for this sports venture. And the sports venture is kind of undetermined. They're trying to gather, they're, they're still developing it. Uh, he's not know. even sure what so he's asking for, even, he just wants they're money. They're not even 100% sure, uh-huh. but they want, quote, like-minded sports folks. Mm. So it could be mm-hmm. gambling, but I don't know if Aaron, I, Aaron Rodgers might be a gambler. Yeah, I don't think he's ever really come out and said he is. Or, oh, but he'll make money from gambling it's, if it's he probably, can. But you know, right now the sports industry, it's booming. You know, we're talking about gambling, we're talking about fantasy sports and basketball, football. I mean, all of it. High school sports, there's money in athletics like there has never been before. You know, NIL in college, massive money. Millions of dollars. All I can say, Brandon, is if you give money to Aaron Rodgers for something, he's not even sure what it's for. There's a sucker born every minute. And they're going to be in New York. Brandon will be listening to our morning on the WTMJ Morning Show, and you'll be doing all those sports updates. Thanks for having me, Leah. I appreciate you. It's 941, 72 degrees at WTMJ. Yes, we're going to get to the rest of the beers. What's going to draw them here? Could they stay here forever? We'll find out after this. Well, a lot of areas are experiencing outages. We talked to We Energies a little while ago. They said, hopefully, hopefully everybody's going to get their power back later on today. It's 943. Let's go back to our bear guy. And what would make those black bears stick around southeastern Wisconsin? Well, Brett Owsley, chief wildlife expert for the DNR, tells us what would have to happen. 
here's what I'm wondering. If they're looking for a mate, if female bears start moving south, will we see not a transient bear population, but a bear population that's going to be around for a while? Well, and that's certainly what we look into as far as like population status and where they are down here. Certainly juvenile males, that's normal behavior and what we're seeing. Female bears don't do that. And so certainly a female bear with cubs, that kind of changes the dynamic a bit. And really what we're looking for in a bear population, we have a bear management plan that's really, I wouldn't say encouraging bear populations to be established in Southeast Wisconsin. And so we haven't had that scenario down here yet, but when we do it, I think we're prepared to kind of manage that situation and see what we need to do. As a wildlife specialist, does it kind of excite you that bears are this far south? I think, you know, from my view, I'm always impressed by the ability for animals to adapt to their surroundings. Last year, we had a bear around Milwaukee. You know, it was ultimately hit on the interstate by a vehicle. But just the fact that it was in here for a while and down here for a couple of weeks, I'm always amazed by their ability to adapt to surroundings and how few people actually see them. And when I mention that, the majority of our sightings that we get are through like ring doorbell cameras. So the question and- is... Have they been here all along, but we didn't know it? I do think that a little bit of like, has these last few years been an anomaly in that, hey, yeah, we're getting certainly more bear movement to southern Wisconsin, or is our ability to see them via motion cameras, doorbell cameras, you name it, also increased? And I suspect it's a little bit of both. We have a healthy bear population, bears are moving south, and now we also have so many cameras on the landscape, we're also seeing them more often as well. Oh, Brad, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I want to see one of them. But yeah, 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 it's exciting. I might leave my my bird feeder out just because I'm hoping a bear comes into the yard. Yeah, and so what we recommend that right right now you haven't seen any bears in your area your bird feeders are fine you can leave them out but then you start to hey there was a bear seen in the neighborhood what we don't want to do is encourage that bear to become more comfortable around us and so a bear in the neighborhood getting bird seed from bird feeders getting in the garbage cans, becoming more comfortable in our more urban setting, that bear is going to get more comfortable around people, which then that increases the opportunity for a conflict, whether that's with a pet, a dog chasing the bear around, the bear defending itself, to just an individual surprising a bear in in, in a bad outcome to where there's an issue there. And then we have to get involved in what we have to do with that bear moving forward. So what I always recommend They are beautiful animals, beautiful creatures. They're really one of those staple animals in Wisconsin. When you think of Wisconsin, you think of the Northwoods, you think of bears and deer and you name it. But the opportunity to view them from afar so that we're not impacting their behavior and not putting the animal, quite frankly, in a situation that could get itself into trouble. Oh, Brett, I think the DNR is doing a great job with bears. Now, if you could only do something about the chipmunks, we'd be fine. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And What I always say is that we're interested in these sightings. You know, that's on our website, WIDNR. You can go to our Wisconsin DNR website, type in wildlife observation, and people can help inform us of what they're seeing where they fill out a form. And we're really interested in these southern bear observations. So people go in there and put it into the system, then we know about it, and we can help kind of figure out exactly what's going on and how many we actually have down here. The three Bs of Wisconsin, brats, beer, and bears. 
Brett Osley from the DNR. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Anytime. Thank you. The only thing I can think of is I'd rather have a black bear in my deck than a Bears fan. We'll expect a few clouds today. We had some storms overnight. They uh, affected a lot of areas with those power outages. And there is a chance for some more this afternoon, so keep an eye out. We're going to get up to about 78 degrees. Then tomorrow looks like we've got another chance of scattered showers. Cloudy and breezy, 72 Tuesday, those clouds stick around, but we will get a little glimpse of the sun with 72 for a high, and then it gets mostly sunny on Wednesday, 73 degrees. Next chance of storm, slight chance of showers on Thursday with a high of 76. Currently, our temperatures in Elkhart Lake, 71 degrees. Muskego is 74. Lake Geneva is at 76. And right here at WTMJ, we have 74 degrees at 952. Well, have you been to the big gig yet? If you haven't, there's still plenty of time to catch the 55th Summerfest along the lakefront. And WTMJ's Sandy Max talked with Sarah Smith-Penteri from Summerfest. There's a daily happy hour. Between 4 to 5 every day of the festival, we will offer Miller Lite, Coors Light, and Miller High Life for $5.50 for a beer. So again, that 55, as many ways as we can. We've also named a fest fan of the past 55th. A woman named Gina Garbus has won the contest. And what was really fun was we asked our online community, tell us why. And we had over a 1,000 people respond within like the first day or so. So we had this incredible response and then widowed it down and did an online vote and Gina has been named the fest fan of the past 55th. Do we have an idea of what stood out about Gina? Her encyclopedic knowledge of Summerfest and the amount of shows she's been to as well as it's a family affair for them. So they come as a family and her daughters actually became musicians given their exposure to music at Summerfest and performed at our 50th edition in 2017. We'll celebrate Gina as well. It's the Summerfest Soundcheck with Sandy Max today on a very special WTMJ's conversation at 11 o'clock. Remember to text the word blood to the old National Bank talk and text line at 855-616-1620 to make an appointment for this week's WTMJ blood drive at the zoo. It's WTMJ Cares, and you have no idea how many people you can help by making an appointment to give blood. We've got Wyatt Barmar-Pooley here, and uh, Wyatt, a lot of people this morning are concerned because of the power outages. Now, I'm in Elm Grove. We were not affected, but it's scattered throughout the area. Yeah, it's it's pretty much, uh, looking at the map, there are outages in St. Francis, Greenfield, Wauwatosa, uh, Shorewood, Glendale, as far out as Brookfield, Waukesha, Pewaukee, up up as far uh, far north as Mequon, far south as Racine, and even a couple down in Kenosha. It does. I do have some good news. Over the last half hour since we talked mm-hmm. to Brendan, I think people have been taking his advice and reporting some power outages. So the number of customers without power has been going up. But there how was many? A, how many do you have well, right so now? Well, so it was it was over forty one thousand, but now we're down under forty thousand to thirty nine nine thousand five hundred and sixty. So it looks like even as people report their outages, the crews are still out there succeeding in getting power back. Well, I know another thing Brandon said, and this is where you have to be patient: is the crews are out working on a sixteen hour shift. They're bringing them in from all over the state, but they're expecting more storms this afternoon, which could affect the work they're doing and. Hopefully, 
we won't get those winds again that will affect some of those those power boxes that I guess it was the winds and the trees and things touch things and that's why these these outages occurred. Yeah, it was the strong winds and that that was really how what affects the power lines and you that that makes sense for why it was so scattered versus just a a, a strong concentrated thunderstorm. Well, I had a text uh, from somebody on the old National Bank talking text line who indicated. Out in Lake Country, they had the the big heavy Adirondack chairs on their pier. This wind was so strong. I guess this was around three o'clock in the morning. It blew them into the lake. That's how strong the winds were. Yeah, definitely some some kind of a freak wind event with the storms. Uh, something to watch out for for damage, and like they said, in your home as well as the power outages. Yeah. Well, again, if if you are affected, go. Go to the app or call We Energies. Let them know because, as Brandon said a little bit ago, if they don't know that, that your area doesn't have power, they're not sending a crew out. So even if you think, oh, my neighbor called, call again. They don't care. As many calls as you want. Yeah, you, you've had that happen. I know I have. If I get really early in our old neighborhood, we had just constant power outages and there were only about eight houses that were affected and if i got up really early and i looked out and i saw we didn't have it i would call because i didn't know if my neighbor was up yet yeah that actually uh somebody must have done that somebody beat me i don't know who was up earlier than me on a sunday but uh i actually found out from we energies it was light enough in the morning because it's summer it's delightful i was like oh i'll use the natural light in my apartment not wake my partner i won't turn any lights on turns out i couldn't because uh, I checked my phone, we energies and told me, nope, power out at your apartment. <laughs> well, you'll keep an eye on that throughout the day.